0: Blood Tingling Tales, the complete series. All five volumes of Blood Tingling Tales bundled into one convenient collection. Only $2.99 or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Search for Blood Tingling Tales. Complete series on Amazon or go to Maniacontheloose.com slash books.
1: If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) I am your host, just your friendly neighborhood, Maniac on the Loose. Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Motel. Side of the Road. I'm a female who was 38 when this happened. I should also note that this was back in the early 1990s, before cell phones were a thing. I was on my way back home to Chicago after visiting my parents, who live in Cincinnati. My eyes are sensitive to light, so I prefer to drive at night. And on this night, it was quite late, a little after midnight. The route I took to get back home was not an interstate, it was a two-lane highway that would occasionally shrink down to one lane and have a significant speed limit reduction as it passed through some small towns. There weren't many other people on the road, and it was foggy out, so I had to go slower than I normally would. Due to the fog, I couldn't drive with my bright lights on and couldn't really see much ahead of me until it was very close. Out of the fog I saw a man walking on the shoulder of the road, heading toward me. He was a tall, balding man who I would guess was in his early fifties. He was far enough over on the shoulder of the road where I wasn't worried about hitting him, but it struck me as odd that he was out so late and quite a distance from any towns that I was aware of. I remember thinking that there was something weird about his eyes, like they were fogged over and vacant. But the most unusual thing was that he appeared to be wearing a white hospital gown. I also thought it looked like the front of his gown was spattered with something red. Blood? I thought maybe he was injured and needed help. After I got about 50 feet past him, I slowed to a stop and looked in my rearview mirror to inspect closer. In the red glow of my lights, I couldn't see him well, but could tell that he had come to a halt. I watched for a moment as he methodically turned around, stared at me for a moment, and then started to walk toward my car. I didn't feel comfortable, so I decided to drive away. I watched in my rear view mirror and could see that he was still coming in my direction, but now he was in a full jog. I pounded on the accelerator. I planned to stop at the first gas station I saw to call the police and let them know about this odd man. Just a mile or two down the road, I came upon a small motel with a green neon vacancy sign. It was an old motor lodge with a lodging unit that people entered directly from the parking area as opposed to a central lobby. There were a couple of cars in the parking lot and I could see that there was a light on in the office. I was sure that there'd be someone in there in case someone wanted a room, so I thought I'd stop and have them call the police for me. I entered the office. It had cheap fake wood paneling and my nose started to itch from the musty odor. There was nobody behind the counter, but there was a little bell sitting there that said to ring the bell for service. I rang the bell and waited, but nobody came. I rang it again. Still nobody. Hello? There was no reply. I could hear a TV on in the back room behind the counter. I waited a few minutes in case they were in the bathroom and rang the bell again. Still nothing. The counter had an edge on it that could be lifted up if somebody wanted to get behind it. It was already in the upright position, so I decided to walk behind the counter and into the back room to see if anyone was there. Maybe they were asleep, and if not, maybe I could at least find a phone and call the cops. As soon as I stepped behind the counter, I froze. There was a puddle of blood on the floor, and a blood trail that led into the back room. I darted out of the motel office and got back into my car. That's when I noticed an axe sticking out of one of the motel room doors. Then I realized that all of the doors to the motel rooms had huge hack marks in them, as though someone went to every single room of the motel and tried to break them down with an axe. Then I remembered the man on the road. The man who appeared to be spattered with blood. When I last saw him, he was jogging back this way. I wondered if I had been stopped at this motel long enough for him to have reached this point yet. I wasn't going to take any chances. I started backing up. Then I heard someone shouting at me. Get out of the car! I looked over and saw a deranged young woman running from one of the motel rooms waving her hands. She kept demanding that I get out of the car. She looked completely insane. I peeled out of there and sped down that highway. About 10 miles down the road, I saw a commotion of police cars with flashing lights in front of an old hospital building with a sign out front that read, Western Hopkins State Hospital. I pulled over and ran up to one of the police officers. He told me to get back in my car. He said that a dangerous patient had killed a guard and escaped from the hospital. I told him about the man in the hospital gown, the motel with the blood, and the crazy woman. In a flash, all of the police officers jumped into their vehicles and headed toward the motel. I quickly drove away from there. I was on the road for about an hour until I got to a gas station. I filled up my car with gas and went to the restroom. When I got back to my car, I noticed the back door was open. I walked up to it cautiously, ready to run back into the gas station if anything weird happened. Nothing looked unusual. Everything appeared to be in order. I assumed my back door wasn't latched well, and probably the shift in weight when I stopped for gas caused it to open. That was just an odd ending to a very scary night. THE MOTEL VACANCY I'm a female. I was in my early twenties on this night. i just finished visiting my grandfather who was a patient at the Western Hopkins State Hospital for the mentally ill. He was kept in the minimum security portion of the hospital, as he wasn't a danger to himself or others. When I left his room, I noticed another patient standing at the end of the hall. He was a tall, balding man in his fifties. He had really weird eyes and was staring at me. It gave me the shivers. I saw a security guard approach him. The security guard seemed very surprised to see the tall man. I heard him say, how did you get in here several times? It gave me the impression that this was a maximum security patient who was somewhere he didn't belong. As I left the floor, it sounded like the security guard and the patient might have been scuffling. I wanted to get away from the scary man, so I just left. When I drove away from the hospital, my car started making a really weird sound and was sputtering. I thought I was going to be stranded on the side of the road, but then I saw a sign for a motel. I pulled into the parking lot and parked. I could see the motel manager behind the office building chopping wood. He was a really nice older guy. I asked him if he knew of any repair places nearby, and he said there weren't any, but that he'd take a quick look under the hood for me. After examining it, he said he knew what the problem was and could fix it, but needed a part. He said he could run down to the parts store in the morning and have me up and running by noon, so I got a room for the night. The room I got was number one. It was the closest room to the office. I was pretty tired and fell asleep early. I was awakened by what I thought was a scream. I got up and looked out the window. Nothing seemed unusual, but I I thought I'd go to the motel office and see if the manager had heard that too. I stepped into the office. I didn't see the manager, but I could hear that the TV was on in the back office area. There was a bell on the counter, so I rang it a few times, but he didn't answer. I shrugged and was about to go back to my room when I heard a groan coming from the back office area. I lifted the counter divider up and walked behind the counter. The first thing I noticed was all the blood. I thought maybe the manager had some kind of accident, so I ran into the back room to check on him. What I found was the tall, crazy man that I saw at the hospital earlier. He was holding a bloody axe and standing over the body of the motel manager. I screamed, ran to my room, and locked the door. I could hear the crazy man shrieking outside. He kept saying, Where are you? Where are you? I went into the bathroom, shut the door, and took refuge in the bathtub. I could hear this axe smashing against the door again and again. The cracking sound was getting louder and louder. He had to be close to getting in. Then I heard him move to the next door, and the next, and the next. Apparently he wasn't sure which room I was in. I stayed hidden in the bathtub trying my best not to make a peep as I heard the axe being driven in every door of the motel over and over again. Eventually, he made it back to my room and hacked at it some more before, suddenly, all went silent. I wasn't about to make a move out of that bathroom. For all I knew, he could be standing outside just waiting for a clue as to which room I was in. I silently sobbed in that room for hours, until I heard a car pull into the motel parking lot. Who was that? Could it be one of the crazy man's buddies? Maybe it was the police? Or maybe it was just another prospective motel patron who was surely in danger if the lunatic was still out there. Finally, I got up. I slowly inched my way to the front window of my room, bent down, and opened the bottom curtain just enough to peek out. I could see an empty car running. It was parked directly in front of the motel office. Then I saw him. The crazy man in the hospital gown. He didn't see me. He wasn't even looking in my direction. His weird eyes were fixed on the car. I watched as he slowly approached the car, opened the back door, and got into the back seat. A few seconds later, I saw a woman hurrying out of the motel office and getting into that car. I had to warn her. I threw my motel room door open and rushed out, screaming for the woman to get out of her car. I'm not sure if she didn't hear me or just thought I was a loon, but either way, she peeled away and drove off into the night, never knowing that the crazy man was in the back seat of her car.
0: KIDNAPPED... THE KID
1: I'm a nine-year-old boy. The year is 1978. My parents and I stopped at a fast-food place to eat. Rather than eat outside, we went through the drive through We parked in the parking lot and ate. Outside the restaurant was a small play area for kids. The feature of the play area was a huge wooden pyramid that kids could climb on. I had my eye on that awesome thing the entire time we ate. I made a point to eat super fast and finished before my parents did, in hopes that they'd let me play on that wood pyramid for a few minutes. As I wolfed down my food, I politely asked if I could climb the pyramid real quick. They were reluctant at first because we weren't going to be there long, but ultimately they opted to let me have my fun. I ran from the car and immediately started my climb to the top of the gigantic pyramid. It was a piece of cake. I was to the top in no time. I just sat at the top proudly for a few minutes and looked down at the mostly empty parking lot. That's when I noticed the red Mustang. He parked right in front of the pyramid, which I thought was a little strange because there were a lot of other parking spots closer to the main entrance. I could see the driver well. He looked like he was in his mid to late 20s. He had long, shaggy blonde hair. I could also see that someone was sitting in the passenger seat. I couldn't make them out very well. They appeared as more of a silhouette. I got the impression that it was a female with short hair and it looked like she was wearing glasses. The driver rolled down his window and stuck his head out. He looked directly at me.
0: Hey kid, you like the car? I didn't
1: really know what to say so I just nodded and said, yeah? Come here. I was not a dumb kid. I had seen enough preventative videos about kidnapping to know that if a stranger tries to get you into their car, you run. The problem was, I wasn't in a position to run. I was sitting on top of the huge pyramid. In order to run, I had to climb back down first. The bottom of the pyramid ended at the sidewalk. The man's car was parked just on the other side of the sidewalk. So in order to climb down and run, I had to go toward the man in the car. Each plank I climbed down, the closer I got to the man. It seemed like forever as I worked my way down. I kept thinking that if he wanted to, the man could get out of his car and come and get me at any moment. Finally, I reached the final plank and stepped onto the sidewalk. I was just a few feet away from the car and the suspicious man. I ran. I ran so fast. When I reached my parents' car, I turned around to see what the shaggy-haired man was doing. He was peeling away in his Mustang. I jumped into the back seat and frantically told my parents what happened. My dad was a big guy that you didn't want to mess with, and he was mad. He immediately started the car and gave chase. But once he turned out of the fast food parking lot, he couldn't find the Mustang. I don't know what that guy wanted, but the way he peeled off as soon as I started to run away gave me the feeling that his intentions were nefarious.
0: Kidnapped. The Kidnapper. There was a nice day for a drive. I picked up my wife's corpse and gently set her in the front seat of my Mustang. Yes, I was fully well aware that she was dead. After all, I was the one who killed her, but I wasn't ready to depart with her just yet. I'm sure you can understand that. Her eyes were white and lifeless, so I kept them covered with sunglasses, but the expression on her face was frozen in a disappointed look. I felt like I needed to do something to make her happy. She always wanted a kid. Maybe that would make her feel better. So the plan for the day was to go to the park, find a child who was off by themselves, and kidnap them. I started driving toward the park, but decided to stop and get some food from a fast food joint that I could eat on the way to the park. I pulled into the parking lot and started toward the drive-through. That's when I saw him. He was a little frail looking boy with a Dutch boy haircut. He was sitting at the top of a large wooden pyramid in the restaurant play area. He was perfect. The perfect age. The perfect size. So small. I, I could handle him easily. At first, I thought I'd just climb up there and nab him. But what if he struggled and screamed? That could alert somebody nearby. That could be trouble. It would be better if I could get him to come to me willingly. But how could I do that? Then it dawned on me, my car, I have a super cool Mustang. Little boys love sports cars. I can lure him over to look at the car and then I would take him. I could see that the kid was looking at me. Maybe he was already mesmerized by my hot car. This was going to be easier than I thought. I rolled down the window. Hey kid, you like the car? The kid looked a little nervous as he nodded and said, yeah. Come here and immediately the kid started coming to me. When he reached the bottom of the pyramid, he was only a few feet from the front of my car. I considered jumping out of the car and grabbing him right there, but then I thought, why make it more difficult than it has to be? I'll wait until he's right next to my door. I must admit, I was a little shocked when the kid started running away. I was about to get out and give chase, but then I saw him run to a car, and the man in the driver's seat looked big and mean. I didn't want any part of him, so I peeled out of that parking lot as quick as I could. I looked in my rearview mirror and could see the man's car backing out of the parking space with urgency. This guy is going to chase me. I pulled out onto the long main road. My super cool car wouldn't be hard to spot, so I needed to get off this road fast. Up ahead was a thin gravel road. I turned onto it. It was a twisty road. I, I hit the gas and flew down it. It ended at an old, run-down shack. There was smoke breaking through the cracks in the roof, and I could smell the robust scent of meat. This was some kind of smokehouse. But my eyes immediately locked onto the black and gold 1970 Oldsmobile 442. This thing was one big, beautiful beast. As I drooled over the muscle car, a barrel-chested old man in overalls stepped out of the shack. He could see that I was enamored with the car and smiled at me, revealing his missing front teeth. Hey, kid, you like the car? Come here. I nodded enthusiastically, and he waved me over. He popped open the hood and I darted from my car excited to see that 455 cubic inch V8 engine that produced 365 horsepower. Hell, since we're out in the middle of nowhere, maybe I'll knock this old man off and take this beast of a car for my own. Kidnapped. The Smoke Shack. I was smoking my last batch of jerky when I heard a car pull up outside. I don't get many visitors out here at my smoke shack, which is just the way I like it. I stepped out onto the front porch and eyed the fine-looking red Mustang. I could see the mop-headed blond man behind the wheel admiring my old 442. I called out to him. Hey kid, you like the car? "'Come here.' "'The mop-headed man practically ran toward me. "'When I hit him on the back of the head with my hammer, "'he collapsed like a sack of potatoes. "'They always do. "'I'm good with my hammer, and they never see it coming. "'I had noticed that he had a dead body "'in the passenger side of his car, "'so this was probably some kind of psycho serial killer. "'It's perfect. He won't be missed.' And I was in need of more meat for my famous smoked jerky, anyhow. Well, this turned out to be quite
1: a nice day indeed. bed and breakfast river town I'm a 45 year old male this didn't happen too long ago my wife and I decided to spend five days at a bed and breakfast in a quaint charming river town for context it's important that I explain the layout of the building we stayed in It was a vintage three-story building built in the 1850s. It was located in the historic downtown district close to a river. The first floor was a Mexican restaurant. There was a side entrance next to the restaurant that led to a flight of stairs. The stairs led to the second floor. The second floor had two bedrooms, separated by a small sitting room. A long, thin corridor led to a bathroom and just beyond that was a large kitchen. At the far end of the kitchen was a staircase that led to the third floor. A light switch in the kitchen illuminated the staircase and the staircase to the third floor ended at a door. This allowed the people staying on the third floor to have a little bit of privacy. The third floor was quite spacious. There was a large bedroom that was positioned on the side of the upper part of the staircase. There was a foggy glass partition between the bedroom and the staircase, so if you were in the bedroom, you could see the silhouette of whoever was coming up the stairs. The third floor had its own kitchen, living room, and a dining room that housed a full-sized pool table. Our first day there, we did some sightseeing around the town. When we came back in, I noticed a small desk lamp in the living room. The adjustable hood was flipped back, exposing the light bulb. I had not taken note of the desk lamp earlier in the day, but had the hood been flipped back like that, I felt like it was something I likely would have noticed. My first thought was the hood was probably heavy, and if it were loose, gravity may pull it back into that position. I fiddled with it and quickly discovered that it was tight. I tried to get it to fall back down on its own, but couldn't do it. Perhaps she dusted it and unintentionally pushed it too hard, causing the hood to fall back. The next night, my wife and I were lying in bed. She had already fallen asleep, and I was watching a movie. All of a sudden, I heard the TV in the living room turn on. I got out of bed to check, and sure enough, There was the TV, turned on, and quite loud. It was kind of weird, but I know there are a lot of rational explanations for TVs turning on by themselves, so I just turned it off and went back to bed. Nothing else unusual happened, until our final night there. We had been up late that night. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and we had just turned off the lights and laid down in bed. Within a few seconds, the light in the third floor stairwell turned on as if someone were in the kitchen and flipped the light switch for the third floor stairwell lights. Then my wife said she saw a silhouette of someone coming up the stairs toward the door. The fact that it was two o'clock in the morning made this very strange. No one should be trying to get onto our floor at this time of night. I grabbed a pool cue from the other room, went to the third floor door, and opened it. Nobody was there. We knew one lady was staying on the second floor alone. We had met her earlier that night. I thought maybe it was her, so I went down to the second floor. All of the lights were off in the kitchen. I walked down the corridor to the front of the second floor where the bedrooms are. The lights were all off and everything was quiet. I thought maybe someone forgot to lock the entrance door downstairs, so I went down the stairs and checked. The door was dead bolt locked. Everything appeared safe and sound, so I went back up to the third floor. This is a really old building, and when I got back to the third floor, my wife mentioned that she could clearly hear me walking around on the second floor. She could hear my footsteps and the creaks and squeaks of the flooring very clearly. We hadn't heard any of that. If someone had come up the stairwell and then went back down, we would have heard them go down the stairs and then walking around on the second floor, but we never heard anything. I decided to go down to the kitchen and walk back up the stairs so my wife could compare my silhouette through the glass of the silhouette she saw. After doing this, my wife said the silhouette that she saw was at least six feet higher up than where I was. We couldn't come up with a rational explanation as to why the silhouette she saw was so high up. The next day when we checked out, I told the owner what happened and asked him if anyone else ever reported any strange experiences while staying there. He said not often, but told me that before they turned it into a bed and breakfast, he used to live on the third floor and had one odd experience. He said he was asleep one night and heard the crack of billiard balls as if someone racked them up and broke. He said he grabbed a gun from his nightstand, ran to the pool table room, but there was nobody there, and there were no billiard balls on the table. Haunted bed and breakfast. Bourbon Town. I'm a female. I was 38 years old when I visited the historic Bourbon Town. I was with a girlfriend of mine, and we rented a room in a bed and breakfast that was actually a jailhouse back in the 1800s. Apparently the jail section of it was active all the way to the 1980s, and the cells still exist, although nowadays they're a museum that you can tour through. The front part of the jailhouse used to be where the jailers would stay. Those are the rooms they renovated and turned into the rooms people rent. We were there during the off-season, so we were the only people staying there. The owner was very friendly. Since we were the only ones there, he not only gave us a tour of the jail cells, he also showed us through all of the other rooms. The place was oozing with history. He even said that Jesse James was friends with the jailer and would stay there sometimes when he was in town. The owner lived off site, so once he left for the day, we had the entire building to ourselves. Our room was very rustic and cozy. On the nightstand was a notebook that was used by people who previously stayed there. They wrote down where they were from and their experiences while staying at the bed and breakfast. One of the entries was from a woman who claimed to be a psychic. She said that this room had a ghost living in it. She said the ghost was cordial and would not make its presence known unless you requested it. We were game, so we sat on the bed Introduced ourselves to the ghost and asked if they would like to make their presence known to us. About 30 seconds went by, and then something happened. My friend's laptop was sitting on the bedstand. She had it in sleep mode. All at once, the computer came out of sleep mode and turned on. A few seconds later, it went back into sleep mode. That was pretty wild. We didn't want to wear out our welcome with the ghost, so we left it at that. We went to bed that night, and I woke up at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Right after I woke up, I heard a door shut from somewhere else in the building. If we were the only ones staying there, who shut the door? I got up and walked around the building. There were three rooms on our floor, and three rooms above us. The jail cells were in the back. The door I heard sounded distant, so I went upstairs. All of the rooms were empty. I didn't see anyone. But when I was in the furthest room, I heard a door shut again. It definitely came from downstairs. I went back downstairs. My friend was asleep in her bed, so I walked through the other two rooms on our floor. I saw no signs of anyone else. But I heard a loud creak come from one of the rooms above me. It was the kind of creak you hear when someone puts their weight on a squeaky portion of the floor. I had just been up there. There was nobody there. Still, I decided to go back up and check once more. I walked through every room again. I still saw no sign of anyone. But I did have the distinct feeling that I wasn't alone. I went back downstairs and decided to go to the back of the building to the jail cell area. Let me tell you, that place, late at night, with nobody else around, has a completely different feel to it. I don't really want to say creepy or scary or anything like that, more like a heavy feeling. I would occasionally stop for long moments and listen. I would hear little creaks and squeaks here and there, but nothing that sounded unnatural. Once I concluded that everything seemed okay, I went back to bed. We didn't have any other experiences for the remainder of our stay, and never got any creepy feelings or anything like that. We actually felt welcome there. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. (laughs) Be sure to visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for the free newsletter and receive a free book and movie. We'll see you soon. Very soon.